we'll get started in five, four, three, two, one. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thank you for listening to Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena. Now, I know that you spend a significant portion of your life at work, so my goal is to provide you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And I am delighted to welcome my special guest to the show today, Lisa Mitchell. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so excited for our conversation. This is right up my alley, and we have a lot in common in that we are really passionate about empowering women. But let me tell our listening audience all about you, and then we'll dive into our juicy conversation. Fantastic. So Lisa Mitchell is the founder of Power Body Language and is a certified body language trainer and nonverbal skills coach. She specializes in programs that empower women to communicate with confidence, increase their influence, and negotiate with results. Lisa helps women master their first impression and take control of their nonverbal communication to be more effective in all areas of their lives, professionally and personally. She's also the founding partner of Spark Tank Consulting. And with her partner at Spark Tank, Kara Reibel, she helped develop the why story of a company's purpose and then teaches them the how of making a compelling and intriguing delivery of the story to earn them the right to be heard by investors, key team members, and customers to get to the yes they are seeking. So Lisa, so excited to have you on the show. Let's dive in. You had a transition from a traditional corporate job and then went into this beautiful consulting world with many other layers. Walk us through that. Well, my background was kind of the traditional career path. I was I was raised in a family where you went to school and then you chose a career and, and that's kind of what you based your life around. And uh, it wasn't really so much a focus on doing what you love, but just doing something that that could meet your needs and, and let you be a valuable contributing member. And so I started my career um, in actually as a residential billing associate for GTE. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I stayed with that company as it evolved and and it changed into more of a technology-focused media company and spent 18 years in corporate operations with with that company. So I had a kind of a traditional career path for quite a stretch, but I always kind of had that entrepreneurial itch. I, I knew that there was something I needed to build and make and create and that manifested first in a traditional brick and mortar environment. And I actually opened a coffee shop in my neighborhood, which I loved and that expanded and, and grew as well. And then ultimately failed. <laughs> which that's was, okay. That's okay. Right. There's, that's, there's so many lessons to be learned through, through that experience. And I kind of took my ball and went home and retreated <laughs> back into the comfort of my corporate job, which I yeah. felt like I could excel and be successful in fairly easily. And that entrepreneurial spirit and itch just kept kept rising again. And the opportunity came for me to make a, a graceful exit um, from my corporate career the end of 2014. And I decided it was time to build and create and make, make something of my own again. And that led me down in a really interesting path of just opening myself up to learn as much as I possibly could. And I found myself in the tech startup space, which yeah. was basically like learning a, a foreign language. I knew nothing about it. 
um, the, the terminology is completely different. The business model is completely different. And it was so energizing and so exciting. Really, really hard. Yeah. But, yeah. but in, a, in a really great way, I felt for the first time in probably 10 years that my brain was ignited again. And it was, um, it was challenging and, and really fulfilling. And that has led me um, you know, towards my, my own entrepreneurial journeys, both with Power Body Language and then also with Spark Tank Consulting to, to further expand on those skills that I learned kind of, I call it like my internship yes. <laughs> into the tech startup world. And um, it helped me really identify some needs that were present in that environment and then find ways to use my skills to, to fill those needs for people and move them forward on their entrepreneurial journey. So you live in the dream. And, and I love that you failed forward and, and went in a different direction. And now you're back on track doing something different and loving it. Absolutely. Yeah, it was everything that happened previously needed to line up to get me to get me where I am today with the, the knowledge base really that I have of what not to do. Yeah, because I think that's as important, you know, as really finding your passion and figuring out how to do that well. I so agree. So Lisa, let's talk. How did you get uh, interested in, in body language training? And, and certainly, how did you become certified? Well, that came really uh, through a number of ways. Part of the, I was originally exposed to the science of body language and nonverbal communication through several podcasts that kind of, I kept kind of keep hearing kept hearing about it and was introduced to Vanessa Van Edwards, who's the head um, researcher at the Science of People Institute. And I really loved how she was using nonverbal communication to give people tools to make them more confident and make them more authentic and allow them to really just move in this place of influence. So I started studying more of her work and got really, uh, just really interested in that whole human behavior piece of, of the picture, especially as it relates to business. And this happened while I was working for a company called Startup Land, which was a company focused on educating and empowering tech startup entrepreneurs. So I was seeing lots and lots of pitches. Mm. Yeah. And wow, it, it's painful. <laughs> it's, it really was kind of a painful experience. There was uh, one in particular kind of research event that I went to just to watch there was almost a hundred pitches and they were 60 seconds long and it was every kind of industry every product every service and out of those 100 there were only really maybe five that I thought were done really really well and gave those people the opportunities to get the interest from investors and to get key team members and advisors you know wanting to know more about them uh, and unfortunately, the lion's share of the pitches I heard, I was left wondering, what do they even do? Yeah, like, yeah. What is your business? What is your service? I don't even understand. And for me, working in that space, I saw a huge opportunity to give that particular segment of people, those brilliant, motivated, energetic entrepreneurs, another set of tools that they could use to really get their story heard. Yeah. And have an opportunity to make those key connections and, and just really 
move their idea forward in a powerful way because I think so many people were standing in their own way just Absolutely. by poor delivery. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes women, certainly men as well, but we're focusing on, on women today. We self-sabotage and we don't even realize it sometimes. You know, we're we're not able to lead with our body language with that kind of confidence. So I'd love for you to walk us through some of that. I know that in the, the vocabulary of body language, there's really no right or wrong, but there is certainly better. And, and more effective ways to present. So walk us through that. Absolutely. Well, like you mentioned, there really is no right and wrong with body language, but there's certainly an ideal. Mm-hmm. And in most of the key body language skills, there's a spectrum. Okay. And your ideal may be different than my ideal. It really kind of depends on our intentions. Okay, fair enough. And the, and the messages that we want to convey. So I always try to just, and, and framing it that way, I think makes people a lot less nervous to really figure out what body language is all about. So uh, there's, there are ideals on the spectrum. And I think really some of the quickest wins for women in particular is it's almost the the idea of being on before you're on. Ah. So what can you do to prepare yourself to boost your confidence? So when you walk in the room, you're a force to be reckoned with. Um, Not in an intimidating way, but just in a really confident way. Uh, there's a, a couple of really, really simple techniques that I, I coach women through as far as building your confidence from the beginning. So as you, before you get on location to speak or before you go into that meeting or before you pick up the phone, give yourself an advantage. Uh, I, I call it, I equate it to sharing my cape. So I have like all these superhero, <laughs> you know, super skills. And the Love great it. thing is, is so does everybody else. Yeah. Um, so I try to just really build awareness and, you know, introduce concepts such as power posing, which really is just by changing how much space your body physically takes up, you can lower your own stress level and increase your confidence. And that kind of creates this halo effect that everything else you do and all your other interactions are viewed more positively because you have that confidence you know, really walking in the room before you do. I love that. Walking in with purpose. And I, you know, some of our audience may know too, that I started my professional life many moons ago as a singer. And I remember walking on stage, the audition began then before I even opened my mouth to sing. That entrance was one of the most important first impressions. And I believe that translates into the business world or whatever career field you work in. Absolutely. And, and on average, people, people make an opinion about you within about seven seconds of seeing you, not of when you begin speaking or begin performing. It's the, the moment you are seen, whether that's walking from your car into the building or whether that's standing in line waiting to give your pitch, like you don't have a cloak of invisibility. Right. <laughs> you're, you're seen. And, and so many people think, oh, well, I don't have to worry about my first impression until I'm in the spotlight, until I'm on. But what I really try to instill is that idea that you are on the moment, the moment you arrive, you are on, or the moment you pick up the phone for that meeting, you are on. And people give you seven seconds before they decide if you're someone that could potentially be a friend, if you're someone that could potentially pose a threat, or the very worst outcome of that judgment is just no opinion. Yeah. If you aren't you aren't even significant enough of them to decide if they like you or not. Seven um, seconds. Oh. So I try to keep people out of that no man's land. Yes, make <laughs> that no impression. Opinion. Exactly, exactly. 
Thank you also for for sharing that every woman has a superpower. I agree completely. Now, some women haven't found it yet and haven't tapped it or aren't utilizing it, but every woman has something significant that that makes them extraordinary where they can shine. That's absolutely true. And and a lot of that, half the battle is just getting getting women to believe that to be true. Yeah, uh, and really having it, it's that question of, of worth and value and why would someone listen to me? Yeah. Why should I share my story? Why is it important? And, and so much of that is just, you know, showing the value, showing the worth and knowing that your story is valid and that people need what you have to share. Brilliant. And to just go forward with confidence in that, knowing that, that your story, your experience is so valuable and it's going to resonate and strengthen someone in a way you probably never expect. Beautifully put. Lisa, I know that you are an expert trainer helping others perfect their pitch, especially entrepreneurs who are literally pitching for for funding or for recognition or awards or perhaps board of directors members, right? Or even uh, colleagues and staff members. But it's not just for entrepreneurs. So what is the pitch and why do we all need one? Well, it's, you're exactly right. Everyone needs a pitch and I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you're, you know, if your job is, is raising your family and taking care of your household or whether you're a CEO, mm-hmm. you need a pitch. There is going to be something in your life that you're working towards a yes. And your job is to make sure that people understand who you are, what problem you solve and how you can benefit them. Because that's really going to be, and that's really a simplified version, but if you can clearly and concisely convey who you are and what benefit you bring and how by them either agreeing to a meeting or investing in your company that you're going to solve problems for them and you're going to bring benefit to them, getting that yes and getting that next step, whatever you're seeking, is going to be so much easier beautiful to really distill it to such a simple concept of getting to yes, because we can all relate to that. That's right. So, so many people are like, oh, it's a pitch and a pitch deck and numbers. And, and yes, I mean, you, if, if you're pitching in the entrepreneurial sense and you're talking to investors and whether it's VCs or angels or whoever you're trying to get interested in getting that conversation around funding going, you absolutely need the content and you need the business case and you need the validation And that's a much more complex process. But for most people, to get to the yes, to get that next conversation, or to get invited into joining the group they're seeking to be part of, to gain knowledge from, it's really as simple as stating who you are, what benefit you bring, and what problem you solve. Love it. So Lisa, break down some of the basics. How can understanding body language help us all communicate more effectively in our professional and our personal lives? Because you and I are in agreement. It is, it is life in general. It's not just work. It, it, absolutely. I, I really honestly believe that the true value in knowing body language skills and nonverbal communication comes almost more so from being able to decode what's coming towards you than being intentional about what you're putting out there. And I'll tell you, from a personal standpoint, I went a very long period in my life being really oblivious. Like, my perceptive, my skills of perception were almost zero. And I don't know if, I think a large part of that is I really didn't understand the importance of being clued in. 
But I was constantly getting surprised, and a lot of those surprises were not positive. Okay. It wasn't until someone was really, really angry with me, or I was, you know, in a really bad situation, and I was confronted almost, as opposed to just told, yeah. <laughs> or, or brought into a conversation. It wasn't until there was a problem that then I decided I needed to clue in. Um, and that was really, really to my detriment, both personally and professionally. So part of why I pursued understanding this more was to give me that level of perceptiveness. And it also increased my empathy because I, I'm now better able to read if someone, if I ask a question and someone flashes a micro expression of sadness and then they, you know, cover it up because nobody wants to be, be seen as, you know, sad or less than perfect and shiny and then tell me, oh, it's great. If I see that sadness, just that flash, and I can circle back around and say, oh, well, you know, how's your dad doing? I know last time we talked, he was in the hospital. You know, they're like, wow. Okay, so I told her I, told her I was fine, but she knew to follow up with the right question. And it just gives you this whole level of credibility right. and authenticity right. where, where you're using what people are telling you, even though they, don't, they may not intentionally be conveying that message. You're picking up on the little nuances and the little signals. And when you can respond to those in a way that shows, yes, I see you, yes, I hear you, and yes, you're important, people really feel connected and validated by that exchange. So the lesson there is for all of us to be more perceptive and be more observant, not only for the relatability, but it can also give us cues and suggestions about how to, how to be more impactful based on what other people are doing really well or perhaps not so well. Absolutely. And for environments where you're when you're trying to have any type of influence, whether you're a political candidate or your your focus is on sales, picking up on those nuances and those signals can really elevate your entire career. Is it fascinating for you as a body language expert watching the, the crazy that is the presidential election? Campaign oh my goodness. Every, every debate is like oh, Christmas morning. I bet it is. I bet it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's really incredible. I, you know, I, I wrote a post recently on LinkedIn that was why every three reasons why every political candidate should hire yes. a language trainer, because yes. I just think that there's, there's not anyone that couldn't benefit, oh, but particularly in a, an arena where people are coming off just so aggressive yeah. and, and so um, off-putting, really. I agree. I and agree. so much of that is could be controlled or at least... Um, Brought down a notch. Yeah, perception can be changed. I know. They need you, my dear. They need you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. I just there's been a couple of events that I've like live tweeted throughout or done things on Snapchat with people that follow me, just kind of pointing out and screenshotting some nuances and the science behind it. I'm like, well, hopefully, at least the rest of us can learn. You know, maybe a better way to communicate. Hey, good segue. Would you be willing to give us one or two quick nonverbal techniques that can perhaps help us start to master how to improve our nonverbal communication, you know, today? What are some things we can put into practice? Absolutely. There's a couple of, of really basic skills that can elevate your game fairly quickly. Okay. And the one I love the most, because everyone at some point is networking or being introduced to, to influential people that they'd like to get conversations with. And there's, there's kind of the perfect handshake formula. Ah. Yeah, there's like a secret sauce because <laughs> a really well executed handshake can earn you up to three hours of face-to-face -face time from a connection standpoint with someone. 
it builds oxytocin. When, when you touch, when you get haptics involved and it's skin on skin, yeah. oxytocin is created and that's kind of like that cuddle hormone. Right. Um, and if you can really nail and give a positive impression from a handshake, that can really propel you forward much more quickly in an interaction. Okay. So the handshake formula is vertical. So you always want to come in vertical on the approach when you extend your hand. And you would think that this would be intuitive. However, based on not only foundational research, but also in lots of practical experience, people will come at you with handshakes in all sorts of awkward ways. Oh, yeah. There's the like, tennis swing. <laughs> yes. And there's like, should I kiss the hand or do they want a handshake or, you know, or you'll, you'll handshake with someone and they'll kind of turn yep. your wrist up. Yep. And, and a lot of people don't realize that if someone is actually turning your wrist, it's to put you in a more vulnerable position because the inside of our wrist has is, is historically been a, a vulnerable and in some, some points a, a flirtatious signal. Okay. And so if someone will shake your hand and kind of flip your wrist to be exposed, it's a really subtle form of dominance. So they're, they're trying to tell you who the alpha is in the interaction. And you can correct it. I have corrected many handshakes where my wrist has been attempted to be flipped, and I just take it vertical again and keep smiling. Good for you. Good for yeah, you. It's, it's a subtle little power, uh, a subtle little power play, but it's, it's interesting to see the impact that that correction has. And then the second piece of the formula is that you always want it to be dry, <laughs> Again, you would think this would be natural, but a lot of people, especially at networking events or cocktail hours, they'll hold their drink or a cold bottle in their hand that they shake with. So then not only do you have the juggle, but yeah. then you get that like cold, cold wet slimy hand. hand. Yes. Ooh. yes. And that impression is just like nails yeah, on a chalkboard. Not good. It's just not something. Good. Right, the person who receives that handshake is just instantly says, ew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that can linger. So you always want to make sure that your hand is dry. And if you're, you know, someone who has historically sweaty hands or you're really nervous, it is actually better to just lightly swipe your hand down the, the front of your pant leg before you extend your hand. People yeah. will appreciate that little moment of awkwardness yeah. much more than they'll appreciate a slimy, soggy hand. Hey, good to know. Good to know. So everyone listening out there, very yes, important. Yes, dry. Dry is important. And then the last, the last piece of that formula is to be firm, but not too firm. Right. So this is not a place where you're going to show somebody how hard you've worked at CrossFit, right? <laughs> so this is, this is not somewhere. And conversely, a weak handshake can totally change someone's perception of your level of confidence. So especially with women, it's important to kind of find that, that sweet spot. And I, I just recommend, you know what, practice. Like, get a friend, get a colleague, and just really practice and, and get their, their impression of how your handshake is being perceived. Nice. Um, because you, you want it to be vertical, you want it to be dry, and you want it to be firm, but not too firm. Because if you can nail that, you're going to get yourself so much more credibility, and that first impression is going to be much more favorable. All righty. Sounds good. Sounds good. Lisa, you are a joy. Such a great, great opportunity for me to chat with you and for you to share your wisdom and expertise. Let's talk about how we can find you on the line, online because you are prolific. You put some great content out into the world. And I'm sure many people, let's hope our presidential campaigners, call you <laughs> and you know learn how to improve their body language. But truly, how can we, how can we reach out to you online and engage you? Well, I'm kind of everywhere because 
<laughs> I, just think, way. I just think this, this skill set is so important. I really want to shout it from the rooftops, honestly. I think there's just so much to be gained by people mastering their own superpower of body language. So the, the places I really am in most conversation is on Snapchat because I love to capture those moments as they're oh, happening. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so on Snapchat, I'm at Body Language Pro. Okay. And then I also like to post and pick up little videos and pictures that I see on Instagram. And I'm at, at Power Body Language. Got it. And on Twitter, uh, the best place to really get me on, on Twitter is at Power Nonverbals. Good stuff. And you're also on Facebook and LinkedIn, and we can find you at Lisa Mitchell on LinkedIn. But what about Facebook? A Facebook, I am at uh, facebook.com slash powerbodylanguage. Excellent. Excellent. And then my website, of course, is powerbodylanguage.com. Terrific. And what about Spark Tank? Spark Tank is a really exciting partnership, and it's it's bringing kind of the best of both worlds together. Um, my partner, Kara, is an amazing writer and storyteller, and when you get your story crafted so beautifully and then you learn how to deliver it powerfully, it really can just change your entire sphere of influence. So we are, um, that a lot of those places are still being built up. Um, we have our website under development, but that will be at uh, sparktank.consulting. Great. And then all of our social media handles for that are at sparktankyes. Because our whole goal is to get people to their yes. yes. And one of the things that you said today that I absolutely love is elevate your game. So on that fine yeah. note, Lisa Mitchell, <laughs> we will leave and encourage everyone listening to elevate their game. Lisa, absolutely. thank you so much. What a joy. You are a rock star. I am so impressed with what you're doing. I'm grateful for your ability to champion women. And I look forward to continuing this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's been awesome to be on. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life. You know, my goal is to really help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. I believe career and life satisfaction is possible, and it's time to embrace what you love doing so you can do more of it. My show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Stitcher. Leave a comment, because I always appreciate hearing from my listeners. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Take good care.